0: back everyone to episode two of the new season and this one will be continuing our conversation about soulmates but we'll be focusing on the shortcomings of that concept and our definitions of love relationships etc so i want to start with you mr william i've seen you yesterday scrolling through some memes what were they about
1: i was just looking at uh, the whole will will smith will and jada smith situation oh so a bunch of people were spamming <laughs> the uh, they were revisiting the concept of uh entanglements and how uh Jada Smith seems to always be embarrassing Will Smith on social media in public. They're like, Oh, he's actually never satisfied me sexually. This is like a thing, I-, I was like, Wow, this is crazy because. Last year, it was the whole entanglement situation.
0: That they have introduced, like, a, a third partner that's occasionally there.
1: Actually, it's, like, a fourth partner. They're all on their own thing. Okay, like,
0: a third, yeah, third to their relationship, technically, yeah. yeah.
1: They were, like, Will Smith directly said that we just weren't, we weren't separated, but we weren't together at that point. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we just had our own thing going on. Yeah. People were brutal online. You know how the trolls are. <laughs> they were, like, oh, my God, Will, Payne. She's telling you she was in an entanglement. What does that mean? How can he sit? How can he sit through that? It's like—is it entanglement or is it a new word for cheating? You guys, I, I remember seeing I'm, something like this. Like they were like, wow. "Oh, you guys are now just like coming up with new names for cheating, like euph- euphemisms for cheating." And I'm just like, ah. And this, let's tie it back to what we had talked about last week: uh, Aristophanes' myth. And we kind of see hints of this idea. They're like, wow, if you love them, you shouldn't cheat on them. You shouldn't... You sh- they're, they're supposed to be your soulmate kind of there, your other half. If you remember the story, Arsophan and Smith, was about how uh, we are basically two halves of the same, same
0: yeah. being. Thinking about it as a, like two puzzle pieces that fit together that it's so perfectly matched that there is no space or filling or gap for a third person or yeah. a third whatever
1: it's, it's just two it's, it's just, just two. two yeah and yeah we like i think it, it has perfect symmetry you know like half like a half you know what a half a half plus a half you know when you did you ever learn fractions and you cut oranges yeah and then you're like this is a half you're like wow that makes
0: sense it's, it's easy to piece it together <laughs>
1: yeah that. literally you say it's a puzzle it's a half they're like all these kind of words but I mean, we, we raised some serious questions and, like, relating really to it to the Jada and Will Smith situation. They seem to be happy, like, despite their arrangement. They seem to have, be having, like, a great relationship from the outside, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. And I know people who are in relationships and they're just not happy. I've also been in relationships so that am not happy. Yeah. And, and, like, you know, like, all sorts of manners of things are going on when the lights are off. Like, you know, yeah. when, when everything looks fine to the public. <laughs> Especially <laughs> on social
0: it. media right now, you would kind of from now and then hear a news of this kind of perfect couple on Instagram. They share this kind of very Valentine's Day together. They're going to Paris and take pictures in front of Eiffel Tower, etc. And then three months later, they, they're getting divorced.
1: Not, not even that. It's like when you meet them in person, like, you, and then you're just like, what the heck? <laughs> this is whack. You're not like this in real life. But it's this it's like we're more in love with the idea of love. And we're more in love with that. Like, it's supposed to be like this. We have this thing in our heads. We're like, it's supposed to. Even though it doesn't feel right sometimes, it's like it's supposed to be yeah. like this. The right thing to do is to be with this person I don't like or just break up with. Them. You know, that's people's answer. They're like, if you feel like it's not working out, you just break up with them. And, like, you know, you just move on to someone else. Yeah. Which is in itself contradictory with the idea of, like, if they're your soulmate, it's not supposed to be that easy to break, to, like, just move on from them. Yeah. But we do it all the time.
0: That's true. And and it's just kind of the fact that what's the other word for two partners who are with each other, but they introduced or are having something with a third person that's immediately called cheating. Um, it, we're just like, either it's black or white. It's either, you are either this, these two people who are, regardless of whether you're having your own issues, you're you're probably, both of you sleeping in two separate bedrooms at night. Uh, still, you're fitting this kind of romantic um, love and this is what two people loving each other look like. While it doesn't anything feel like it, yeah, it's- and anything that's not that that's considered like cheating, um, entanglement. You know, these are kind of words that kind of have a negative connotation. And we would like to explore that. Where does this really come from?
1: that we actually are going to be referencing another philosopher. His name is Alan de Baton. He's a Swiss-born British philosopher and author. His books discuss various contemporary subjects and themes, emphasizing philosophy's relevance to life. And for this particular episode, we're going to be looking at essays on love. So that's actually
0: where we got kind of the inspiration for this season's title. So essays on love or on love, they have two Titles. It was originally published in November 1993, and it basically appeals to anyone who is, you know, kind of ever been in a relationship or currently in a relationship and is confused about love, because, you know, love, as we discussed, uh, you know, before, it's subjective, and each person values different things, prioritizes different things, and um, so if you are in this kind of position, we would recommend this this book to read.
1: The book is structured around a relationship between the author. Alan, who's never named in the book, he just uses I, and a woman named Chloe. They met on a plane in the most random coincidence and they immediately feel this connection between each other. It must be fate that yep. they ended up seated next to each other on a flight that God knows how they decided to get get on the same flight and were happening to go to the exact same place. Yep. And this book basically follows their development of their relationship from when they fall in love to when they separate. And in this book, Alan is actually deconstructing his experience from where he realized his re- he had began to fail in his journey of love with this woman, Chloe, and also where she was lacking as well. So it's a very good uh, analysis of a relationship. It's a post, a post-mortem, I would say, of a relationship.
0: In particularly for this Episode And as part of, you know, our journey on hitchhiking through the journey together, we will be delving into answering the questions we've asked in the previous episode about, you know, love and and relationships and expectations, etc. We decided to focus on two main concepts. The first one is love idealization. The second one is romantic fatalism. But I will start with romantic fatalism. The way Alan puts it is that, uh, as William mentioned earlier, you know, they were on a plane. And he met this random lady who was seated next to him. And mind you, he, he describes that this was not, not the plane that he was supposed to be on. So, you know, he's suddenly seated next to this lady. She mentions a question or answers uh, about, oh, what if this plane crashes? And something immediately in his mind get triggered. Of course, there's some probably like some attraction that happened. He probably like liked the way she looked, the, the kind of the magic behind it. Like, oh, there's this lady that I'm seated next to and they were having this conversation and they actually start they hit it off they actually hit it off and uh, they started enjoying themselves and and uh, when she asked this kind of question what if we die the plane crashed he started to have this kind of internal dialogue that oh but uh what have i done if i died right now what have i done throughout my whole life who's the love of my life and that's where he started bringing this up it's quite interesting but romantic fatalism is that we kind of assign our narratives to create what we call destiny um you know i've i've had this conversation with like so many couples or people share kind of their love stories that like oh you know, three years later, after we have, after we have met, we w- one day we we're talking about uh, our favorite coffee shop and we realized that we used to go to the same place, the same coffee shop, and we also used to have the same kind of coffee. And you know, this sounds great, like, oh wow, you, you guys are meant to be with each other, You're like this link, is this bond is, is unbreakable, but Jesus, can you count the number of people you can actually relate with on this particular point i know there are much crazier stories but what alan dupaton says and this is what i want to quote um directly is that we invent a destiny to spare ourselves from the anxiety that would arise from acknowledging that little sense that the world around us makes we live in a really random world the the fact that both of you and your current partner met at, at I don't know Malaga in Spain over over this business trip is nothing but a mere coincidence, and this is what he wants to highlight. But because we have this, I don't know, maybe obsession, um, this kind of idea that this is fate, this is destiny. We are, you know, we're we our own, you know screenwriters and the directors and producers of the whole show uh, to create this kind of love story that sometimes beat like you know disney you know basic uh love stories falling with the prince and, and the princess
1: you know that concept when they say you, you saw all the red flags but you ignored them like yeah. this is this is where it leads also, yeah to. <laughs> so
0: why is that and i think
1: yeah th- this is where it leads to in his next concept which is idealization which comes after your belief in in romantic, this romantic fatalism it's like it's, it's the killer of love basically you've basically said we met because the universe wanted us to meet and it's destiny they are my soulmate this is whatever exists in the universe pushing us together and the problem only gets farther from there when we begin to idealize this person so if you remember what aristophanes Mentioned about wow, our, in our episode about Aristophanes, where we inter- one of the interpretations of the the myth is that that other person is your other half, and that at some point you were one being, and now you're looking for them, you're searching for them because you're looking, they 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 basically are you, they complete you, and what Alan says is that what what we kind of make the mistake in doing is that we kind of forget that that person's also a human being on their own and we just put them on this other pedestal and why is that and we we did raise this concern in the previous episode because we said that we begin alan says i will quote from him he says we fall in love hoping that we won't find in another what we know is in ourselves all the cowardice weakness laziness dishonesty compromise and stupidity to me, that in part fits so nicely with what uh, Aristophanes' myth is trying to get at. We're looking for, it seems that we're looking for something we don't have, right? We literally don't have, you may not have those things. I mean, in the other sense, like, they did not have their other half of their body. But here, it's like, oh, wow, I, I feel like I don't have these things. I, I'm not confident. I'm not, uh, I don't know, maybe I don't know how to play the guitar. Or I've always wanted to. Or, you know, very random things. And... We're just like, this person has that. And when I'm with them, I feel like a completely different person. So you become one person and you kind of forget that they're also a human being with their own entire thing going on. He keeps on going back to this point that we, when we fall in love, we forget that they're human. In fact, when he, he, he at some point, when he's contemplating over why his relationship with Chloe failed, he said that, I must have realized that Chloe that Chloe was only a human with all the implications carried by the word but could i not be forgiven by my desire to suspend such a thought it is so thought it's so prov- provoking because whenever relationships end it's not like you didn't see the red flags you just yeah. chose to ignore them
0: we all have been there right and what we were talking about the other day is that why do we actually get heartbroken where is it really coming from no it, you know i understand heartbreaking news heartbreaking Uh, feelings that you might experience over a relationship, over a, a person. But deep down, if you ask yourself, it's most likely coming from breaking the expectations, breaking this kind of image that you have had of this person. I personally, again, and you know, sometimes we were sometimes, you know, on a random Friday night where you have declined a party invitation and you just want to spend the day in your bed contemplating about your life decisions, etc. You think of these kind of things. You think of like exes, your uh, ex failed relationships, quote unquote. Um, and I-, I came to a conclusion that, like, actually, right now, since I'm over it emotionally and, and all, this person was the same throughout the whole relationship but the issue was is that i've had a certain image a certain kind of um painting that was being constructed by every encounter that we go through together that i realized like oh when something happened like let's say this person cheated which was already part of his personality from from day one right uh but still from my end or my like the the first person's end that like, oh no, uh, this person loves me so much much she or, or they or wh- whoever buys me you know my favorite meal on each Saturday uh, to, to before I, I you know start my university, et Um, it's this kind of expectation that it's really the heartbreak is coming from this kind of image that we paint and for somehow in reality is not being met.
1: Is it that, that's where it comes in with the romantic fatalism idea is that we kind of believe we met this person for a reason and that reason is for them to be with us forever, yep. kind of. That is where it all starts because you're you. whenever you start to question, because it's not like there's something pushing at the back of your mind, you're like, no, I met this person and that was so magical. Like, do you remember the first time, Uh, please listen to our hot takes where we talk about, I don't know if we've talked about our first time we've ever talked to the people who we dated, but we definitely talked about the last I remember, I think it was the endings, but Jana did mention about the first time she met uh, her partner, and that reminded me so much about kind of the, my first time meeting any of my partners. These it's butterflies. So butterfly, and, like, you feel like the stars have collided and created a bigger star, right? Yeah. It's so, it feels so important. But then, like, usually after, like, the breakup, like, even right now, like, I'm just like, it... Some of them, are just like, dang, that wasn't, like... That was just weird. That yeah. was, that was like, chemicals in my brain reacting, because now that I have some distance from it, that could have just been a normal conversation. <laughs> yeah, and,
0: and when you kind of say it, there were, like, this spark, and then with time, it faded. Really, just ask yourself, where did this really come from? Was it the spark created in your brain, ignited by your brain? This person was literally the same throughout the whole process, but they're no longer matching your your initial impression and they're like oh it faded it fizzled out um no it's just it's just we have this obsession or this idea because it's so embedded in the way we function the way we think of love our relationships this kind of um uh the love of my life kind of concept that we we tend to ignore other aspects. We tend to, as you mentioned, put the other partner on a, on a pedestal.
1: Yeah, and this is the expectation that it's only the two of you, right? This is the other thing. It's yeah. like that person is a human being, and what Alan gets at is that as human beings, we have in in innate desires. Humans are like not some people say human beings are irrational, right? Like this is like a common understanding mm-hmm. amongst political philosophers is mm-hmm. that just human beings you you can never pin them down because they also don't know what they're doing like you, you think you understand yeah. but not really that's why it it seems it's, it seems kind of counterintuitive to human nature to expect that like you would only be with like one person forever like your whole life yeah right and this is not to judge anyone's decisions but it's it may be contrary to human nature in some form of way. This is what, from what Baton says, is that it is not within us to... We all have these desires. It's like we just choose to control them. Yeah. And some people are better at that than others, but it's still an innate desire in a human being.
0: And it's also, I mean, yeah, like, it's also about, like, priorities, the way you prioritize what's... We talked about this in the hot takes... Uh, each one of us, in each relationship, in each partner or partners, uh, they're trying. they trying to look for. There is a t- certain priority. There is a kind of a common theme that you look for, and in relationship, what sustains it is not really love in particular, but it's it's a combination of you know respect, commitment, um, making things work all this kind of stuff that hold the relationship together or you might have other arrangement mm-hmm. as well. I feel we don't really get past idealization part. You know that
1: usually, you usually get past that when you're breaking up. <laughs> yeah. this, this is the prelude to you
0: breaking up when you do <laughs> <bring> stuff. <laughs> uh, this is, this is what, like, you know, when people say the heartbreak, Uh, I'm, I'm having a heartbreak right now. I'm, I'm feeling so down. This is the ultimate of realization so where you're like I should have seen it coming you know all these kind uh-huh. of things and you don't look we feel like we saw it coming
1: but like not really yeah. you, you might have been aware but you could have also been suppressing it yeah. just because it's, it's just you know we love that this person is our quote unquote other half and they're supposed we feel happy when we're with them yeah. and we don't want to have the things that they give us like whatever that is like emotionally spiritually physically to, to just leave kind of yeah. Which is what actually Aristophanes again hints at in his story, where he's like, "Oh, they'll be linked together forever until like one of them dies, and then the other person will go to another thing." Does it mean that we keep on? We are continuously in this process of creating the idea, like what we want yeah. is, because it's not it's not entirely clear. Because we know from relationships that we change, we change as people. So, the person you were with was someone. Right. When, when you leave when you leave that that relationship and you probably either want to get into something else you're like, you're just looking for other things now, same things.
0: Honestly, another way to understand, like, dig deeper behind the literal text of Aristophanes story, uh, when he probably is describing like your partner dying is basically the the narrative that you have had with this person actually ended or, or died in your, and right now you're developing a new one, that's your, your, your new journey, your new scenario, you're creating, um, finding the, the next one.
1: You're gonna idealize the next yeah. one. Like,
0: and and just, you know, we, we're here also to invite people to just kind of think and, and be open, like about, uh, you know, questioning and, and, you know, looking at love, the relationships that we have, we form with people in a, in a broader sense, Beyond our like kind of subconsciousness, I've I've grown up my whole life. Whether w- whatever part of the world you are, most most likely, have watched this kind of very you know mainstream romantic um series or images or any kind of romantic folk tales that are centered around, around you know having two people meeting each other and the story of fairy tale etc. But I really want you to kind of go beyond that, and and even if you're, I know people who are not really love oriented or not technically looking for a love, but they end up having it like just, they just meet without them actively looking for a partner, but it just happens. I also want to think about that because yes, it actually happens, but you also allow it. You also still part of this kind of creation of um this ideal other or this person that just popped in my life and they're just complete me or they just fill something
1: you know and the thing is it also applies in some ways to friendships kind of like that love you have for your friends it's it's like when it when it hurts you know how people say friendship breakups hurt more than like actual yeah. breakups it's kind of true because what happens that you also idealize we end up idealizing so many things in our relationships with people it's a trap kind of because we forget that that person is also it's also human, human being we think of them as our friend but not a human being right like oh that's that's my friend yeah it's, not, it's, that's you Raggy like yeah. you're not a human being like, yeah
0: it's it, it, <laughs> yeah it's always like main character energy as well for the way we kind of navigate
1: like, yeah everyone is supporting cast and they will remain static forever <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's it's just good to I think engage with these ideas when we start to say wow everyone around me is also changing and sometimes a lot of times things are just random in life feel that is one of the things I got out of out of this book the first time I read it was the randomness of things and just being it, it doesn't mean just because something's random doesn't mean it's nice it's not nice right yeah, um, yeah. there's some security not secure I know it feels insecure to accept the randomness
0: <laughs> that... of the world as well like not making any sense this is yeah what he highlights and I agree with it but there's also still so much beauty to it um I, I the way I look at it yeah it's random it's it's actually pretty much a chaotic world chaotic system of people social interactions etc but I look at it from like a beautiful perspective that with all of this going on I've ended up meeting this person whether a friend or a lover etc and and I'm happy or I'm great and for all the other valid reasons that each person might have, but it's nice. It's it's actually I actually find it more interesting, and to to find or or to kind of end up end up being a relationship in a, in a kind of a healthy relationship with someone, um, in this chaotic world, chaotic system, and instead of having this fate destiny that was already pre predetermined, um, happening. It's just such a isn't like kind of boring storyline. What's weird is that usually when
1: people start, they just say it was kind. No one people start talking about fate after some time in the relationship, mm-hmm. but usually the beginning they'll be like, "It's so random that we we you actually liked that thing I liked," or Correct. you know what I mean. It's like out. It's a big generalization, but I feel like no one is ever like the moment I see you. I'm like.
0: It's You're deep.
1: the love of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and you get hit with a creep. Like, <laughs>
0: you, you are me, the yeah. love of. We're gonna be living together forever. Yeah, <laughs> it be like, this is a creep energy. Get me out of here. I mean, really. And he, he, uh, Alain does really say that we can only know our. but We can agree, or disagree, but he says that we can, logically speaking, we can know the love of our life. Maybe, like, when we're late 60s or 70s or... I don't know if if science and and technology will will enhance our our age. It will become, (laughs) like, 300 years. But essentially, when you're at that age, when you're, like, kind of lived for a long period of time with this person, and you can logically and comfortably say that, yeah, I think they are the love of my life.
1: Yeah. Not, like... I mean, it's super interesting right like that 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 progression from randomness to fate it's like we're super scared I've never heard anyone say it was destiny like in the beginning, the beginning. Of a, like when you're doing whatever it is hooking up where you're starting and actually I've never heard anyone say like or, never but like it, it would probably end badly and I think he does critique against like this kind of energy where you it, it comes down to idealize, idealizing people again where you're like yeah you know it's it's just destiny like first Des- first minute we met it's like we were always met you are made for me, kinda like
0: ah. i i also agree, but also it comes with this kind of affirmation to this chaotic world that we live in uh kind of like a soothing feel and answer it I also feel like we come up with this kind of understanding or comfort because we want to justify. The decisions we have made that led us to stay with this person for this x amount of years i do think this is yeah. might be where it's coming from
1: then usually like people who say like fate or whatever then the thing ends and then they're like i wasted so much time with them right
0: yeah <laughs> I, but mean, I, s- I
1: don't think it's a waste of time but like this is like the stuff what? you know that happens like when you're yeah. feeling the emotion when you're feeling the, the emotion that comes after breakup or separation It's usually a lot of hate. (laughs) It's like, wow, I I wasted (laughs) my time, kind of. Like, you didn't waste your time, you learned. But, like, it's the acceptance. I feel like what's happening also is that we're feeling the feedback from from romantic fatalism. Mm -hmm. In the sense that we believed that because we met in a coffee shop at the corner of the street where, like, the bus broke down and I, like, decided to just stop there for a coffee and I met you. Oh, this was just fate, you know. It was just supposed to yeah,
0: happen. Like, yeah, so. you you basically believe the movie you have produced, but in the same time, I want to highlight and emphasize on the fact that you creating this kind of s- scenario, whether with yourself and your partner, passively or actively creating this kind of narrative, doesn't take the t- beauty away from your relationship as well. It's just the way we are as humans. This is what we look for. This is the kind of um innate like you know kind of purpose or 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 desire they would try to fulfill by creating this kind of environment this kind of scene um
1: yeah so I guess what I would really like you guys to do is we're just inviting you to think about all your relationships think about how you're actually connecting with people are you actually talking to them when you talk to them like are you talking to the idea (laughs) you have of them like oh like Ragdan likes i don't know i feel like sometimes when we when we talk i have to like actually remove myself and just be like have i been going through the motions of this guy is he the same person what's changed because life life gets crazy and we like that sense of security when things are super straightforward Mm -hmm. but just sometimes just take yourself out of a situation and assess assess everything yeah that's where we're going with this
0: so thank you very much everyone for joining us on this very interesting and and personally in you know inspiring and, and kind of mind-blowing uh, experience I also get share a lot of the experience with with William um, you know while researching the kind of conversation, conversations we had and we I, because it was such a beautiful kind of experience and learning experience and eye-opening I invite each one of you to to share it with your the people you feel comfortable with uh, reflect on it personally journal it um thank you very much for tuning in we'll see you next time see ya